welcome. You've got mail. Welcome to another edition of Tech Stream. I'm Seth Everett. Uh, he is Shelly Palmer. Uh, it's not going to sound like either one of us. We are both playing Hurt today, and our voices are all messed up. So what we did was we used deep fake technology, and this is actually <laughs> yeah. an artificial me. Shelly is in the metaverse, and we are doing a podcast from the... You know, I thought Zoom was weird. Man, meta is even weirder. Oh, yeah. Well... We don't want to talk about meta and metaverse. The Zuckerverse is not where neither either of us want to play. But yeah, I am playing her today a little bit. I was in Germany at this unbelievable conference called Block im Park, which in uh, English is Block in the Park. It was put on by Wait, Block in Park is Block in the Park. Yeah. Wow. I this am. language is really hard. Block im I am Park is Block in the Park. Uh, German, obviously. And it was put on by Eintracht uh, Frankfurt, which is an incredible football uh, team in yes. Bundesliga. Yep. And and it was also put on by Deutsche Bank. What an incredible conference. I'll tell you what was interesting about it, Seth. It wasn't about only sports. Like it was a sports conference that was about sure. finance and fan experience and all the different ways that all the the upcoming and emerging technologies from blockchain, DeFi, crypto, NFTs, on and on and on, AI, deep fakes, you name it, we were talking about it. And the, the, those kinds. things fascinate me. Are they trying to get more people to go to the stadium, or are they tr getting to try, are, or are yeah. they trying to make people stay home because the immersive experience is that much better? So, you know, American sports and European sports are a little bit different. And soccer, football, soccer is different from anything we experience here in the States. From the time each child in Germany is six years old, they can play in a league in the village in their in, in the village where they're growing up. And there are no there's no players union over there. Each player has their own manager. It's a really different system. If you're good enough and you play in this at six years old and seven years old and all the way up till you become a teenager. And if you're good enough, then you are invited to the first team. And from there, the sports clubs may and or may not decide to buy you right. from the group you were with. Right. Right. But well, then they can loan you out for, for a period of time. And, you know, if they loan you to a team in your league, you can play against them, even though you're technically with that club. Yeah, there's all kinds of, of real intricate deal-making that goes on there. But what is true is that the fans, Bundesliga fans in Germany, soccer fans, football fans, however you want to call it, in Germany are rabid, insane, total and complete fans. And there are people that go all the time. Like they just, it's a season ticket holder thing. But then there's people that don't have season tickets. They just go all the time. It's what they do. Here's the part I found fascinating. There is an in-stadium experience that they really want to get to, whether it's clickable players or more data. There are all kinds of network issues that have to be solved. They've got 4G there. They're getting 5G in certain places faster than others. Of course, you need an awful lot of bandwidth to have that sort of experience for thousands and thousands of people in a stadium, right? We have SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. It's like, I think over 1,400 uh, wireless cells inside SoFi Stadium. 
the stadiums over in Germany, for the most part, weren't built yesterday, right? They they've been around, so right. they've got to, they're adding and when adding. When they say like around, like these leagues are hundreds of years old. It, it's a long and storied tradition there, and so it was fascinating because to answer your question, really the longest way possible, yeah, they want to in they want to enhance the experience in the stadium. But they're generally trying to enhance the experience for sports fans or for soccer fans everywhere. And it's magnificent. The 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 vibe. It's like it's going to like the most hardcore sporting event you could ever imagine going to where everybody was super deep into, you know, just what this is and how to be part of it. I loved some of the tech conversations, but I really liked some of the far reaching conversations just as well. What I mean by far reaching is it's not just about what's web three, what's the metaverse, what's web 2.5, what's blockchain, what's an NFT. Oh, can we do collectibles? It's how do we take the sport from where it is to where it's going to go? Digital twinning, the uniforms, having collectible uh, digital collectibles or other assets, uh, changing the way the players have relationships with the fans and the way the teams have relationships with the players. It's just, it was amazing to listen to all. It's so different. We go to an American sports conference, you know, you, you, you players have managers and reps and agents and all that. Uh, certainly the best ones do, but there are salary caps in certain sports here in the United States. They don't exist over there. Yeah. So the rich teams can spend any amount of money on their players. And that, so there's only a few like super amazing teams Right. And then everybody else is sort of like, well, and then they proposed the super league where they were going to take, you know, from Germany and Spain and Italy and France and England. And, you know, people were out of their minds. Uh, It it is their passions run very deep over there. And uh, listen, all you need to know, the United States NBC paid eight billion dollars for Premier League rights. Eight billion dollars. And you can you can if you go over to Europe. You start to deal with the people who play soccer over there in any manner, shape, or form. You're going to understand with that community of passion. It's not even a community of interest. It's not a community of practice. This is a straight up community of passion, and the people are passionate. I was. It was so fun to be there. I can't even tell you how fun it was to be. Uh, there. It was that like sounds, super that fun. sounds great. Um, of course, I came, came back with this cold. So you know, but it's not yeah. COVID. It's just a cold. Yeah, that's, that's what I had to tell everybody. Uh, I know you said that it's me in the metaverse, but it's not really me in the metaverse. It's me here no, with I a cold. Said because we both sound like absolute garbage. Terrible. But I tell you what, I tell you who's in the, in quotes, metaverse. And by the way, I have no idea what the definition of the metaverse is. For those of you who follow well, us, you know, technically I don't it's where Barry Allen went on the cosmic trail treadmill. Yeah, and- yeah, yeah. Stop it. That's right. Ultimately, this is an undefined technology. However, Bruce Willis decided he was going to define it last week. Uh, <laughs> and he sold the rights to Bruce Willis to a, uh, his deep fake rights to a company called deep cake. And they are going to have the digital likeness rights to Bruce Willis, which means if you want a young Bruce Willis, you know, the five stages of Seth Everett's career, right? You know, the five stages of your career. Sure. It's who is Seth Everett? Yes. I just heard this. Get me Seth Everett. Get me a Seth Everett type. Get me a young Seth Everett. Who is Seth Everett? Those are the five stages of your career. Yep, yep. Well, deep fakes ends all that. Get me get me Bruce Willis at any age. And there will never be a who is Bruce Willis. It's just going to be which which Bruce Willis do you want? And I got to tell you, 
making uh, agents are so funny and managers too. I mean, when they, they make all those jokes about, you know, being money grubbing agents and uh, there's no version of the world where anybody involved in the Bruce Willis camp should have allowed any exclusivity of any kind in any deal of any length on this technology. Well, let's just put a little context to that. Uh, Bruce Willis was recently diagnosed with a, something called aphasia. Yeah. And it affects language cognition. And so he retired. And so yes. what 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 they, 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 it wasn't like Bruce Willis just one day said, let, let, let's just do this. He can't act anymore and he doesn't want his name or his career to end. And I and I fully appreciate that. And by the way, James Earl Jones just retired at the age of 91 and he retired the voice of Darth Vader. Well, he said, right. Problem. He said he's no longer going to do Darth Vader anymore because, as we suspected when we watched Obi-Wan Kenobi, that wasn't Darth. That wasn't James Earl Jones. There's no way, because if you saw Rogue One in 2018, Darth Vader sounded like an old man. Seth, I am not your father. I mean, it's over. I mean, OK, we can use we meaning any of us we as in not the collective royal we as in you right now can go online and find any number of ai based tools that will allow you to create a deep fake of anything or anyone audio video still it's practically an instagram filter in fact in many cases they're just apps and like face app, which literally can take you and de-age you, change your smile, change your teeth, change your complexion, give you uh, make you look 20 pounds thinner or 20 pounds heavier. I mean, th these tools exist everywhere. The idea that the Willis camp would sign on with any individual as opposed to just having their agents looking for the best tech at the best time makes no sense to me. So I want to get a little deeper into this deal because just to understand it. But it, this is one of those things, you know. Technology is fleeting, Seth. Right? It's a, like today you built the Death Star to keep our Star Wars metaphor going. Tomorrow someone's going to build a bigger Death Star. And, you know, you get it for a couple of weeks, but a couple of weeks later, somebody's got a bigger Death Star. So Deep Cake has a pretty nice. That's really way. good that we have that Space Force theme song. <laughs> yeah. Deep Cake's got a pretty decent way to make de-aged versions of Bruce Willis and what have you today. This is going to be an Instagram filter, folks. This is going to be a WhatsApp filter. This is going to be something you just go online and for well, 20 It's going to go beyond it, right, Robert Downey Jr. in uh, an Avengers movie. It, it way beyond and and quickly. Not This is not years off. And And one of the biggest problems is that this is an exponential advance in technology that is happening at an exponential pace. And what I mean by that is... Today is the slowest rate of change you will ever experience for the rest of your life. No matter what day you listen to this podcast, the technological change, the technological change occurring today is at the slowest rate it will ever be for the rest of your life. I had a personal experience. We were blessed with a fourth grandchild last yes, week. I was going to do that at the end, but okay. No, no, I, no. And I don't have now I got And I got to redo the whole close. All right, fine. <laughs> No, I haven't really announced it online. I haven't announced it on the air. It's a personal thing. And I, but to our tech stream listeners, uh, you know, it's, I, I'm totally happy. Congratulations, to just... buddy. No, thanks. But, but the reason I'm bringing it up is that I, I was, I had a funny kind of thought when I went to the hospital. I just before I had to leave for Germany, I got to see my 
newborn granddaughter. She was born in, basically in the middle of the night and I got to stop at the hospital on my way to the airport. It was just fantastic. But I was reminded of something really funny. I mean, to me, really funny. I don't know if you're going to find it funny. When my wife and I, 30 years earlier, had our, our, our now youngest child, I had a go bag. You know, you have that go bag. You know, your, your wife is pregnant and you're pretty sure you're going to need to go to the hospital any minute. And you just don't know when. So there's like a bag filled with like whatever you're going to need in the hospital. Right. So we had one. And in my go bag, which was on the checklist from the people who we went to like childbirth classes with, said, bring two rolls of quarters and a list of all the people you're supposed to call when the baby's born. And I had it, of course. So, A, today, 30 years later, a little more than 30 years, there isn't a payphone on the island of Manhattan and the vending machines all take credit cards. No need for quarters. No need for a paper list. Everything's inside my son's phone. And I, I just laughed about it. You know, you talk about these chunks of time. Somebody who was transported from 1990 to today or just literally wouldn't recognize the world we live in. Google didn't exist. Facebook didn't exist. Social media didn't exist. To be fair, smartphones didn't exist. Like all of the things we take so for granted. So when you look at a deep fake today and you wonder what will it be like in 30 years? You won't come up with the answer, but I can tell you it's going to be, if the technology is still meaningful, if we're doing things in 3D, if we're doing, it doesn't matter what we're doing things in at that time, or, you know, I'm hopefully I will be here to see it, but one way or the other, you can't lock in someone as famous as Bruce Willis to a specific tech at a specific time. They'll improve too, but other people will improve faster. And the technology is going to change. And James Earl Jones, that voice, that voice, everyone, you know, then it's going to, now the burden is going to be on the James Earl Jones legal team to figure out who's deep faking James Earl Jones for all of their own projects. It's just, did did you ever watch the, uh, the making of uh, the Mandalorian? Yeah, of course. Where they showed how they took Mark Hamill, and they had Mark Hamill read all the lines and then they digitized his voice. So it didn't sound like Mark Hamill. It sounded like young Mark Hamill. Yeah. But it was Mark Hamill talking. Yeah. And they, they, then they had the stand in actor so that they had to shoot everything twice. Mm-hmm. One with Mark Hamill, the old Mark Hamill, and then one with the young guy. And they merged the two to make young Luke Skywalker. Like, it's fascinating. I, I, I find that. That was I, that I was then. Funny. By the way, that was then. This is going to become a full right. That was that was two years ago. Right. And now you wouldn't need to do all of that. De-aging an actor's voice by AI. I'm not going to say it's child's yeah, but you play. Remember we talked it's about Amazon crazy. changing the voice of Alexa and how you yeah. could have your dead, you know, parent or grandparent, you know, or or, or somebody like that. Yes, or, and that really or you could have Prince totally telling you to shut the lights. Yeah. yeah. Weird. Well then, yeah. I mean, look. Having your favorite actor, actress, or musician say that to you, alive or dead, if that's what your thing is, is that's your thing. But yeah, the whole use case with the dead parents and grandparents that flipped me out. It's like that's just just super creepy, like super creepy. But anyway, but I want them to rebake the solo movie with Harrison Ford. Nothing against the guy who played him, but if you if you're watching young Harrison Ford, 
you probably enjoy that movie more. Could they rewrite it? I mean, would well, that yeah, be possible? Yeah, you know. Lando Calrissian has sex with a robot. But other than that, I hated that movie so much. I can't even I can't describe it. So if they had real Harrison Ford in it solo, hate is such a strong word. Oh, no. There's so many movies worse than that. Yes. But we weren't talking about worst movies of all time, although that would be a fantastic. There's worse. There's there's worse Star Wars movies. The Last Jedi is worse than Solo. Solo is okay. It's predictable, but it's okay. How is it okay, Seth? What happened to you? Did you are you that sick this he, weekend? Like he, what, <laughs> what, what? What happened to you? Last Jedi? <laughs> Seriously? Last Jedi is awful. Mark Hamill <laughs> tosses the light, lightsaber. I, I'm not telling you it's a good movie. They Ray and Kylo uh, Ren, whatever it's been, they Solo, Star they Wars hook up movie. and they 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 have mind sex. It's 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 Last Jedi is a is a, a cluster. <laughs> Solo's they, okay. They have not made a decent Star Wars movie since Return of the Jedi, so let's just leave it there. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, they just haven't. That's me. Um, yeah, no, I didn't. I was, I am excited to, and have not yet seen. I uh, the uh, prequel to Rogue One. That's oh, now, Andor. It's great. It, that has just. Shown oh, up. it's so good. And so I wasn't. I didn't hate Rogue One. I kind of thought it was the oh, best Rogue of the. One was so good. The best of the versions that were not, you know, the yeah, actual yeah. Star Wars. So I'm very excited to see Andor. Diego Luna re re you know recreates his role, but it's it's like ten years early, and you did see we the um, start of the rebellion? Oh, it's so good. Did we? Did we actually? Did you finally finish watching Obi Wan? Did we actually cover oh, yeah. that on Text Stream? I loved Obi Wan. I thought yeah, Obi Wan was great, and the making of Obi Wan was great. To hear Ewan McGregor was done shooting, and he waited in the desert for like six hours to just to see Hayden Christensen once just to just to see him <laughs> like the, the the affection that they have for each other is so genuine oh I I, I loved it I, Star Wars is hitting on all cylinders right now Disney Marvel isn't Marvel isn't uh, She-Hulk is is lame I She-Hulk is lame. I'm waiting for Black Panther, which is in a couple of weeks I but, watched uh, two she- episodes of She-Hulk and She-Hulk, decided it's I can't weird. do it I it's, can't do it. She, she goes on dating apps. I, I don't want to see that. Well, I, I I gave it two episodes and then I, you know, I look, I'm not telling people what they should and shouldn't watch. You should watch whatever makes you happy. But I am no longer in this world where I am locked in my home and I have to watch everything that there is because there's nothing else to do. There's other things to do now. And now that I have other things to do, you got to, you know, there's now a new bar. There's a higher bar of what's going to get my attention than there used to be. Right. For the last couple of years in COVID, if, if it actually had motion, sight, and sound, I was in. <laughs> just, you know, it's like, oh, I'll, I'll sit through it. I just need well, something to do. I'll say, I'll say this. Um, Tech Stream, about 30 episodes ago, uh, we talked about how uh, Amazon bought the rights to MGM. Uh huh. And what were they going to do with it? Well, coming up in about a month, uh, Amazon Prime now has all 25 James Bond movies. That's amazing. Should I watch one or should I watch 25? I don't know. Are you James? Are you are you James? I've never seen a James Bond movie. Oh, please. We've had this conversation before. I know, but I keep forgetting. Like you are so weird when it comes to like what it is there you are watch. Things, and what you if I see watch. something, it's called being a completist. If I see it, I see all of them. If I don't see it, I don't see any of them. 
Amazing. I, I can't partly see anything. So the question is, if it's at my fingertips, do I jump down the rabbit hole and see and start to see James Bond movies? Okay, lightning round. You ready? Yeah. Did you buy an NFL NFT, an all-day NFT, during when the season started? No, I did not. What's the matter with you? Are you not a good blood, red-blooded American must, football player? Must, must not be much of a fan. Did you visit the Walmart metaverse? Uh, no, I did not. Did you go on Christie's new Christie's 3.0 platform and search for high-end artwork NFTs? I did Google that, yes. Okay, you're you're one quarter of one for three. That's pretty I good. Did a, I, I did a presentation for Christie's, so I'm like, I'm on their like mailing list. Got it. Got it. Well, NFL has been killing it with all day, which is very good because it kind of proves the theory that digital collectibles and questing and gaming in and around the game of football or other sports like basketball and soon to be hockey because they're going to launch their uh, digital asset, digital collectible platform uh, during this hockey season coming up is alive and well and doing fine, even though crypto is having a little bit of a rough time right now. They seem to be very decoupled, which is great. Walmart's trying to figure out what it's supposed to do in virtual worlds, and I like the thought process around it. The word metaverse, as you and I talk about, doesn't really mean virtual worlds, but I was really, really excited to see uh, Walmart, which you know isn't exactly the most fashion-forward group ever, jump on this. So I was pretty excited to see where they're going. They're experimenting left and right. And I'm glad you Googled Christie's because that fascinated me probably the most because they deal in artwork that gets sold and resold and resold at auction. That's a pretty venerable old auction house. Christie's 3.0, this idea that you could take a big old British, a 250-something-year-old British auction house and turn them into something modern. I got excited about that. I thought that no, was... I, I, I thought that was great. It's, it rem, you know what it reminded me of on a lot uh, lower scale? Tops. Tops reinventing themselves because the baseball card was dead. And now they've reinvented themselves with these digital uh, creations where if something happens on a typical night in baseball, they make a card the next day and you have 24 hours to get it. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. Yeah, they it's pretty they got acquired by the guys at Fanatics. And so yep. they, you know, they got a big infusion of cash and they got they got really good at their job. So, yeah, yeah kudos. Just amazing that companies that you would think would be over. You know what I mean? Like not I'm not saying that Christie's would be over, but they're you know, they see technology and they're trying to reinvent themselves. Bring it back full circle. Here you got Bruce Willis, who has made some vintage movies that we love. He's at Unbreakable. the end of his career. Great James game. Earl Jones, end of his career. Here we are with tools to bring these guys back and make them collectible and make them, you know, sort of new and exciting. And uh, could you wait to write your next movie and cast Bruce Willis in it as some like his agent when he was in Die Hard? Like that would be cool. That'd be great. I mean, if they could, if they could do that, that would be amazing. I would, I would, I would watch it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We're all in. Anyway, that's what's happening in in the world of tech this week. And to be fair, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and you know what they haven't created? What's uh, that? Digital cold medicine. Let's go find. Yeah, some. <laughs> we'll go find some. We'll see you next week, folks.